There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Prop W. Basham, MD Hackmaster, Alex Bernard Rasmussen. Co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Melissa Bernard. Our special guest Jamie Kaler will join us in just a couple of minutes with the family. Right back. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. 
or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. supplies list. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Now oh you're gosh. good to go. When she is in... Oh, wait, our guest is on, right? I believe so. He is on, I believe. Jamie Keller with us. How you doing, Jamie? Having my baby. <laughs> Having my baby. <laughs> woman in love and love that's going through me. So you must have uh, heard. I thought I was supposed to be Paul Anka today. What's happening? I know. You, <laughs> we blew off Paul Anka to get to you, Jamie. What the hell is that all about? I am flattered. Um, Paul and I go way back. We used to tour back in the early fifties, uh, I believe. And you know, he 50s. wrote my way. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, the time of our lives. I grew up with it on the Kodak, uh, the Kodak commercials. Paul Inc. He, he is actually one hundred and forty-five years old. <laughs> he has a cybernetic body. You know, they uh, they totally <laughs> restructured him. It's with plastique. He's indestructible now, and what's funny is the government is using him as a weapon. And he lures them in, he books shows around the world, and then he goes in and does hits. He cleans out any bad guys, terrorists around the country. He lures them in because those guys love songs. Like, you know. Like you're having my baby. Baby. Like that one. Oh. Do you remember the time? <laughs> the Taliban like Paul Anka. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to remember, too, that Paul Anka wrote the theme song for The Tonight Show. Probably made it. Better. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, there you I go. Know that either. Jamie, all we ever do is educate on this show. I'm, yeah. I'm, honestly, and that's why I love doing the show, because every time I leave here, my IQ goes up at least a half a point. <laughs> Well, one of the one of the great things about this combination, your IQ goes up, and we're very happy because I don't think you have any bigger fans of your work than the people on this show. I love it. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tacoma FD's coming back in September. Oh um, my yeah, god! So we shot we shot we shot during like right as the uh, pandemic was uh, uh, kind of coming back in September or not. We shot in January through like March and uh, yeah, the new season premieres. So those guys are the best. That is one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on. It's super, well, super it's crazy. a great show. That yeah. show. Yeah. She got my wife. That show. That show. Those boys. It's like, it's like exactly. women watching Animal House. Like, yep. come on, yeah. guys. Little That's bit. too much. That's true. That's very, very true. Oh, yeah. it's just. One thing I would like to point out, though, Jamie, is, and this is not a criticism, it's just pointing something out that. Um, there's a lot of penis involved in, in the show mm, because of, you got Polanski, you got <laughs> mm-hmm. Penisi, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? So there was mm-hmm. something on somebody's mind when they wrote this show. Well, this this season we bring in uh, Private Stiffy, uh, <laughs> uh, Bob El Dente, which is a, a reference to some ED stuff. So there's a lot of uh, Timmy Python shows up. Timmy uh, Python. The, the, the bad guy is actually the one-eyed salamander, and uh, he'll make an appearance in episode four, I believe. And uh, there's a lot. <laughs> oh, they, to God. say those gentlemen are sophomoric uh, is an understatement. You know what's funny? Here's the funniest thing of all. Kevin Heffernan was a lawyer. They all went to Colgate. They're like the smartest guys in the room. Right. It's like Monty Python where you're like, oh, they're filthy. No, they're geniuses. They just, <laughs> they just get humor. 
Uh, yeah, Kevin Heffernan was a practicing lawyer in New York State. The yeah. guy who plays the doofus in all the Super Trooper shows. They all wrote it. Him and Lemmy wrote all the episodes. They direct all the episodes. They edit all the episodes. Huh. You know, it's like Chaplin. It's, it's like all these guys who, you know, Laurel and Hardy were actually really smart cats. Uh, so it makes me laugh so hard. But, yes, they are absolutely uh, the lowest common denominator of humor. But it's super <laughs> funny. It's really funny. It is funny. Out. No, yeah, I do yeah, have, yeah. Jamie, I have to ask you, there's a lot of pressure on you because for Jamie Kaler, it's not enough just to be funny. You have to have to be the dazzling urbanite, you know, love interest, too. Oh, Oh, please. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so please. You know, people will go like, I used to think I was good looking till I got to Hollywood. And now I'm like, I always say I'm lumberjack good looking. Like, like I could work on the cover of like brawny paper towels. You go, that's yeah. You know what? He's he's OK. Yeah. When I walk into rooms, I like I, I was in a room next to Brad Pitt at one point. He he didn't see me. I was invisible to his retina. Like I he doesn't he doesn't see things as ugly as I am. But I looked at him and I was like, God, that dude's gorgeous. And like freakishly, like this, he glows. There's a glow off of him where you're like, oh my God, I want to hold that. It's like it's like the idol. It's like when they open the uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the ark and everyone's head melts. You're like, that's just Brad Pitt in the in the thing. It's crazy. Yeah. I understand completely. I no, no. Jamie, do you uh, you just carry the whole thing through from shooting television to living life? It just follows through. You just have a ball, man. It's wonderful. Uh, well, I did until I had a wife and kids, and now it's all come back down. Just a scooch, but it is. Um, now I've I've had <laughs> such a lucky career. I was talking to one of the guys. I'm, I'm actually in Detroit right now. I'm shooting this crazy movie called Stealing Jokes, and I play this oh sure this southern club owner who gets uh, robbed and and uh, and taken advantage of, and it's super fun. But I just keep jumping from like like this year especially. I'm doing like some crazy drama with Shannon Doherty called uh, Breast Cancer Bucket List is coming out in September on Lifetime. Uh, Tacoma FD is just insane over the top. I'm shooting this thing. I have a comedy album coming on iTunes. So I'm kind of lucky that I bounce around. You know, I did, I did some Loud House episodes during the pandemic. You know, voiceover stuff. And then I end up hosting crazy shows like American Facts versus Fiction or Haunted Live uh, on Discovery. So I, I have been very – I always say I'm, I'm a jack of all trades but master of none, you know, because I can, I can do – he's like, ah, he'll work. He's scale. He'll be cheap. Don't worry about bringing him in. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jamie, I need to point out I just got a call. Apparently, uh, because he wanted to get out of your way, Paul Anka canceled, but now he rebooked for a Thursday, so we're good to go. Well, I never heard he canceled. I heard he was rescheduled. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. He's probably, okay. dude, he's probably off dealing with stuff in the Middle East. Who knows what that guy is? Like, he's just getting stuff. Or he wrote another, you know, he wrote, he rewrote Puppy Love 2. I don't know what he's working on, but something's oh happening. God, he's got it. Jamie, when's the last time you were in Minneapolis, St. Paul? How long ago was that? It's too long. It, God, it was Acme Comedy Club. Right. And yeah. it was eons. Yeah, it was way before my kids. Way before my kids, I have got to come. I talk to uh, Dave all the time, and I gotta get out there and do do some club dates out there. But it's crazy times, man. It's crazy times. No, I got two is, little but... girls, and I'm home. I homeschooled this whole past year. I homeschooled a uh, first grader and a and a kindergartner. It was gruesome at best. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I told people during the pandemic, I uh, I was lucky, and I went back to school, and I studied a double major of kindergarten and second grade. It was uh, super. <laughs> and I got a degree in pain management. 
Um, God, yeah, it's, so the whole album's coming out. And it's really about the year of homeschooling my kids. You know, wow. yeah. it's it a wonderful uh, thing. Yeah, because I was just thinking, you you came because I do a morning show in town, KQRS Radio. And I've been mm-hmm. doing a morning show for like thirty six, and you came in studio then. That that was that long ago, though. Huh? It was that long ago. Yeah, I think God. it was. It was that long ago. Um, it's crazy. And once you have kids, they, it just my daughter turned eight like a week ago, and I'm like, Ugh. I'm all of a sudden a quibble, a quivering mess. I'm like, where is it going? I'm such a baby. So, uh, yeah, I got to get back life. up. But, you know, the touring is just not sound, man, especially with the kids. But. No, now I do have to ask you this. And, I, you know, I, this might sound like just a regular trite interview question, but I really am serious about this because we do love the show, seeing every episode of the show. Is it hard to shoot that show because it's hilarious, but you guys stay in character really well. Is that hard to do? Rot row. Uh, uh-oh, did I lose Jamie? I think you lost him. Either that or he just hated your question. Or he Possible. Just, this is the worst question that's ever been <laughs> asked. It looks fine on my end. Huh. I'm guessing his phone might have... Uh, well, he has could, children. Anything can that's happen. That's true. <laughs> he came over and just Kid hung just up on us. Kid just yanked out. He came over and hung <laughs> up oh, yeah, on his phone is having issues, I can tell. Press red button. Yeah. Yes, I think he accidentally... Uh, it broke somehow. Well, hopefully he'll call us back because I love Jamie Kaler. Well, he's still here. He's just trying to unbreak his phone. Oh, he's right? trying to unbreak his yeah. phone now. Okay, so. well, good. I'm I'm glad I didn't say. And I've never liked Jamie Kaler. Jamie, I can see your mouth move, but I cannot hear you. There's something. Cooking. So I think the, uh, the right. mic might be muted somehow. It's something that Captain Polanski would have done. Yeah. Let me just point well, that there out. There you go. It's, it's just, oh, uh, by the way, I was If you want, wrong. Jamie, if you can, assuming you can hear us. Oh, there you go, yeah. Drop out and then just come right back and that should Very hopefully good. fix it. By the way, I was wrong. Paul Anka rebooked for next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Not Thursday, <laughs> next Tuesday. So you can still hang out with Paul Anka. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I think Lindsay had a cross paths with him at one time. So with Paul Anka? Yeah. Oh, so he's he's celebrating nice. his 80th birthday. Yeah, he, he's only 80. He's only 80. <laughs> he's only oh, 80. He's got to be older than 80. No, no, he's about 80. No, he's 80. 80 really? Ten, yeah, 10 well, years. Yeah, 10 I years would have enough. thought. Oh, was he 13 sense. when he had all his big hits? All right, uh, Jamie, is that better? Feels like he's been around for. No, it is not years. better. Well, oh, no. no. we got to have Jamie Kaler on. We oh, can't have no. What if I do. I don't suppose if I just like crank his mic up. No. Yeah, I There's still we still there. can't hear you. Prats. I don't know. Well, why don't we? Did, why? did you? I mean, did he disconnect? No, he's still connected. I just can't hear him. I can see him. I can see the video. Okay, what'd you do, Andy? But, what'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, my friend. There's got to be a mute button in there somewhere that got uh, got, got, got muted. I don't got think it's on our end. Well, let me do this because Jamie is such a good guest. Let me point out that. Tacoma FD premieres September 16th. Jamie plays, of course, Captain Polanski. <laughs> Aftermath, the number two movie on Netflix right now, starring Jamie Kaler. Breast Cancer Bucket List, which he talked about doing with Shannon Doherty on Lifetime. That's in September. He is currently shooting Stealing Jokes. He's in Detroit, Jamie pointed out. He's in Detroit right now shooting Stealing Jokes. And he has a brand new comedy album called Homeschooled. And it comes out September 17th on iTunes. Oh, apparently they can hear him. Who's they? Well, what the, the hell? The listeners? The can listeners? I, what if I do this? Okay, no, I, we can hear our computer. So they can hear him, but we can't. Oh, that's, that's weird. Uh, Who's they? 
The Sweet. listeners. The listeners. So he's probably just running soliloquies oh, and yeah. singing Ianka so, songs yeah. and everybody's hey, all entertained. Hey, would you mind entertaining yeah. everyone for us? We'll just go well, and you yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> just talk for a while. So we don't know talk. why this is happening. Uh, <laughs> talk really about yourself. No. And now he does Is a it, podcast. Did anything get unplugged? <laughs> I'm trying to figure not, that out. I have a feeling me. something did, yes. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know what could have been. Uh, well, well, the the new system worked just fine until it, did, until it stopped yeah. working just Boy, fine. Well, I do have to tell Jamie something. This is the very first time in nine years of doing this show this has ever happened. So, <laughs> way to go, Jamie. Typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's not the first time. Truly have no idea how this could be happening. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Can we just send him a note and have him call on if the I regular telephone? Something just switched. I heard uh, something in my headphones. This was unplugged lately. Something was on. Un- oh, that's just a headphone. Oh. Okay, well, I think I figured maybe that's it your out. Problem. Ah. I think I figured it out. Can you hear me now? Yay! Oh my God, my son's a genius. Yay! Our son's a genius, so Jamie. Talking. It was you. It was. <laughs> I think it was. Andy. How did that happen? It felt uh, like a fight. It felt like a fight I would have with my wife, where I used to go, no, no, it's my fault. And now I'm like, no, no, it's you. It's you. <laughs> You've made now. a choice. You made choices well, that affected you. everything. Oh, well, the good news you. is the listeners could hear whatever it is you were saying for the past five minutes. Oh, no, so. I hope not. I said some things. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Get the FCC on hotline because I don't know what's happening, but it, it's, it went awry for a second, I think. Oh, it sure did. Well, um, Paul Lake is only 80? That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. July 30th, 1941. You heard every word. Yeah. Man. He's right. 80 years old. What are you going to do? He, uh, you know what he did write? I think he wrote Puppy Love when he was 16 years old, I want to say. He was very young, I know that. Yeah. Very, very young guy. But, yeah, he's. I, I was wrong. He's not going to be on Thursday. He's going to be on next Tuesday. So, you know, if, if you want to be a caller and call and go, yeah, Paul, this is Jamie Kaler, and I'd just like to tell you that, you know, it would be wonderful. It would be a great day. Uh, please, I would love to meet Paul Egg. He's I actually really like Paul Egg. I do too. I do too. Yeah, I, I love his music. I mean, he he wrote, he, he wrote my way. I mean, that's Sinatra. He was a huge songwriter. So yeah. Um, you were talking about Tacoma, though, and I will tell you, uh, it's easy to stay in character because we're all just really playing ourselves, and you can't <laughs> no, help but okay. laugh. And it's one of the few shows, like most shows, you show up on time and then you leave when they're done with you. Like my boys was the same for me. Like we people show up early. And nobody leaves the set because people just hang out and watch the rest of the scenes because it's a show all day long and it's just super funny. The whole cast is ridiculously funny. So I'm excited for those guys for season three to start. Boy, I got to be honest with you. Every single person on that show does a hell of a job. You're right about that. That cast is really strong. Yeah. I mean, Gabe Hogan and Eugene and Marcus and Hassie Harrison, who is. I mean, when you're hot, that hot and funny, (laughs) man, you're going to have a career, baby. Just. Hot and funny, that's a deadly combination in Hollywood. I couldn't. Well, you know, Joan Rivers kind of invented it. She was the first very beautiful woman that was allowed to be beautiful. Remember, people like Phyllis Diller had to kind of homely herself up. Or that's they right. Wouldn't hire her. Lucy was pretty. Yeah, Lucy was very pretty, too. That's true. Yeah, she was. That's true. Yeah. Not as pretty as Jamie, but, you know, pretty. No. no. Practically, well, honestly, Lucy O'Ball and I are very similar in looks, I think. We uh, <laughs> I have a lot of Lucy Lucy features. Yeah, that's well. what I think. <laughs> yeah. The ginger, the ginger in us. Yeah. Well, she wow. looks a lot different in black and white than in real life. So you that's know. true. She does. I suppose that is true. Yes. 
I was, there was a lot of redheads back in those days in black and white because we actually photograph great black and white. And people go, oh, that person's really attractive. And then they see you in person and your hair is red and they go, oh, no, children of the corn, <laughs> run away. Children of the corn, yes. Yeah. The only yeah. lucky thing about the break we had there is I did talk about all your all your stuff you have going. Aftermath number two on Netflix right now. You, Can already, you believe that? Yeah, we shot it like, I mean, we shot it like a year and a half ago before the pandemic. And it came out of this little thing came out on Netflix. And all of a sudden, like over the weekend, it was number two behind Vivo and every, all, everyone in the cast. Actually, the producer of this film was the director of that film. And that's how he, he called. I was vacationing with my family in Jersey. And he called me on Friday and was like, hey, can you come play this part? And so I flew to Detroit. And my wife had to fly home alone with the kids from New York <laughs> to Los Angeles. And she was not happy about it. She's like, no, no, you should fly from New York to Los Angeles. Help me get the kids home. Then go back to the airport and fly to Detroit, and I was like, "Yeah, that's I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I can't. No, but no. yeah. So that's yeah, so we were. I left straight from vacation to come here, and uh, and it was from the aftermath cast. Uh, the show is super fun, and uh, yeah, kind of that that movie just blew up. It was it was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, like I said, Aftermath, number two movie on Netflix right now. You already talked yeah. about breast, can- uh, breast Cancer Bucket List, Stealing Jokes, of course. You're in Detroit mm-hmm. right now. You already brought that up. Homeschool comes out September 17th, a little over a month from right now. So Actually, one one month exactly from right now. So one month, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So so we talked about it a little bit, but as far as homeschool goes, do you uh, how long did it take you to put that together? Well, you know what's funny? I wrote the whole album over the pandemic. While we were, had construction going in the house, I was homeschooling the two kids. I mean, my wife had an appendectomy. It was just like Ooh, the worst geez. year of all time. And so I kept doing these crazy monologues. And I didn't really do any live shows, but I did these Zoom shows. And so oh, I wrote sure. these things out as monologues. And then when the pandemic kind of broke a little bit, I did one weekend in, in La Jolla at the Comedy Store. And I brought a I brought a little podium up, uh, a little music stand, and I had all these bits, like all these bits written out. And I kind of said, I'm going to try this whole thing. And I ran this whole hour, and it really went great. So I went back, and I talked to Comedy Dynamics, who recorded the album with me, and we rented a little rehearsal studio. I invited all the parents from my kid's school, and I ran it twice. And we cut it into like a 50-minute album, and so it's coming out. But yeah, I had just written it kind of in a void, because you couldn't go up, you know, people get up on stage and polish the thing, but I couldn't do it. So I kind of wrote it out and then I just let it fly that night and all the parents showed up and they hadn't been out in a year either. And they got wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> it was like playing to a high school drunk prom. They were lunatics. And I was like, you people have children. What are you doing? They were so drunk because they hadn't been out in public in a, over a year. And we, we got a chance to record the album, and it was super fun and cathartic after that, like, lockdown. We had all been vaccinated, and then we just kind of all hung together. We had, like, 50, 60 people in the room and, and, and recorded the show, and it came out superb. It was super fun. So, yeah, it comes out on iTunes uh, September 17th. September 17th, one month from today. Now, Jamie, I have to ask you this question, because this is something that I just – I heard in the street, as they say. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever mentioned on the uh, interviews on television. I, I did not see it. But the reason Tacoma FD is Tacoma FD, the reason that it takes place in Tacoma, uh, is it true that it has to do with the fact that nothing ever catches fire because it's always raining in Tacoma? <laughs> that is 
Absolutely true. I think that that's phenomenal. True. What a great line. <laughs> Nothing ever catches fire, but yet you have a fire department. That was the joke. <laughs> Too damn. So they, the networks were reaching out to Lenny and Heffernan to go, hey, we'd love a premise for a show. And I forget some of the other premises, but he told me some of the other premises. And they were super complicated and stuff. And uh, they, they were trying to just go, what's the simplest boiled down premise that we can think of? And I don't know which one of them, but one of them said, a fire department in the rainiest city in the United States. <laughs> and the network was like, sold. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, even I'm like, God, that's a brilliant. That is absolutely is. a brilliant premise. Yeah. There's just so much to do. It's like, well, they're not, it's great because they're not really fighting a lot of fires, but they got to find other things to do. So it, it's funny too. This season gets crazier and crazier and crazier. It's funny though. They, here's what they do to me though. They love the fact that I have red hair. I don't know if you saw the episode where my face was put on the baby. Oh. Did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. They superimposed my face onto a show. We'll have to put a, a picture up somewhere. It's one of the scariest things that's ever, ever been shown anywhere. They took a child and they superimposed my ginormous, crazy, scarred face onto this poor baby and showed it. And so he, the baby, that's how they know that I was the father of the kid because Lemmy, <laughs> Panisi, is sleeping with my wife and then my wife gets pregnant. And then they're like, oh, it's Panisi's baby. and He's getting rid of the baby. And then it turns out they, they, they pull the baby out and they show it. And it's my face with like, red hair. <laughs> and, they, and, and Lemmy's like, yeah, not my kid. <laughs> super, super crazy brilliant. funny. So every time I go, listen, I'm getting older. I'm not the redhead I once was. I'm, I'm salt and ketchup at this point. It's really, it's like white with some paprika sprayed on. There's very little, okay. very little orange left. So every time I go, they try to dye my hair. They go, we're going to orange you up. And I go, all right, man, whatever. Because with those guys, you just go like, yeah, man, whatever you want. So they, the woman puts this foam dye in my hair tries to make it red i'm looking at it i go that ain't red you know and all of a sudden i go i see what's coming i get the set and everyone's like uh your hair's purple dude and i'm like i know it i know it is and they're like no it'll work it'll work it'll work (laughs) and the whole time people doing their lines to me can barely keep a straight face they have dyed my hair purple because she couldn't get red apparently because red's a pretty tough dye i think and so I just, I hung with Lenny like a couple of weeks ago and I said, well, how did it come out? Does it look okay? They, were, they would always say, it'll look okay on camera. And I go, all right, whatever. And he goes, no, no, it looks terrible. It's bright purple. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're fixing my hair in post. Oh, the They computer, are yeah. going to colorize the Ooh. film to make my hair not be purple, but I'm terrified to see it because it looked awful. I was like, this is ridiculous i look like an idiot this well, is speaking of lucy you might have that bright impossibly red hair that they gave her when they colorized her so right there you go it's crazy so i thought the same thing but yeah and then it kind of reminded me like you know when you see older people who dye their hair yeah oh, it makes God. me laugh when i see like uh, keith richards with black hair or somebody the, yeah. like, Dude, the you're black, black hair dye after what are you doing what are you doing you look like does. barnabas collins what's <laughs> happening here dude get back in your coffin you look crazy <laughs> Why can't we just age and, and let our hair go white and be like Seymour Cassell where you got the big white 
hairdo going yeah so i don't know so every time i go back they try to color my hair so next time i go i'm just gonna go to a professional and get my hair colored before i do the show bam jamie i will tell you one good thing Catherine, my lovely wife who's here with us uh, today she and i were sitting at a doctor's office once down in florida and it's about uh, 10 years ago probably something like that maybe a little longer than that but the clarinet player for frank sinatra's orchestra was in there uh, getting some kind of tune-up or whatever he probably was about 90, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I looked over, and he had brown sideburns, white hair mm-hmm. around the outside of his head, and then a gray toupee on top of that. Yeah. So it was a really good look, Jamie. It was a really so, good so look. So things could be worse. So it could be, it worse. Could be exactly. worse. It was a rare genetic disorder. <laughs> it's called trifollicle. Uh, yes. Yes, trifollicle. Ooh, Jamie, you're going to have to use that word on the show, trifollicle. Andy. Trifollicle. He looked like a, a, a three-layered cake or a, a snowman did. with a yarmulke. He has follicular trichromia. I'll have you know. Oh, is that what it is? Follicular trichromia. He's making it up. I made it up. But I he know is you using did. real words. That sounds real. Good. Honestly, I'd I, I, I see. There, there was my half-point IQ. It just went up. Did you feel it? <laughs> just went up. I can feel it. It might be an artificial fact, but it's a fact nonetheless. So, Jamie, is there ever a day when you don't have fun? Oh, my God. Was, Are you kidding me? He was homeschooling. Yes. <laughs> I just vacate. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you know oxymorons, right? Like military intelligence and jumbo shrimp. Yeah. Uh, so the last two weeks, my favorite, this is my favorite oxymoron now, is vacation with kids. Uh, There's no such thing. No, it that's a trip. It's a family trip. Yeah. It's a trip. It's not a vacation. We go back. Finally, the her, my wife's whole family goes back to uh, my uh, her father's house, and uh, you know the guy keeps it at sixty six degrees. It's a meat locker. <laughs> He's got a dog, and I was like, "Hey, can we kennel the dog? I have allergies." He's like, "No, nope, can't kennel the dog. My house, my rules." And then it was a disaster. Well, fourteen of us were in a house, oh, of, like a childhood home with one shower. It was oh, uh, this is what I'll tell you. So thing. my daughter turned eight. So for her birthday, we took her to the Jersey Jersey Shore to one of those like arcades, you know, in the and little amusement parks sure, or whatever. And sure. she loses her mind or something. So I take my my six year old. We get there. And my sister-in-law, right out of the chute, takes her into the arcade to the whack-a-mole game. Uh, I don't I hate the the arcades are they're the worst things on earth, right? They're terrible. They're yeah. just money sponges. So my daughter wins. The little six-year-old wins whack-a-mole. So all of a sudden, they've created a gambling addict <laughs> all day. <laughs> she won like a little stuffed animal. Has no concept of money. All day. We're on ride. She goes, well, I want to go back to the arcade. Why can't we go to the arcade? <laughs> well, all day. Loses her mind. So finally, at the end of the day, we go back. She goes, oh, she's sobbing so hard. I take her to the arcade. And they have the claw. She won't play anything in the arcade. She wants this one stuffed animal no. in, the ar- in the claw game. And you know, you know it's mm. never coming out. No. It's, it's a rigged. claw game. It's too big. It's rigged. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she makes me do it. Everyone's like, you got to do it. I go, all right. So we have four guys. Each guy gets on the opposite side of the cage, and we, we line it up so specific. Ooh, get your laser like, level out. We laser level eye the thing. <laughs> and we see, she goes, I want that one. It's in the middle, Daddy. <laughs> claw goes over. I lower the claw. It picks it up perfectly. Yeah. Everyone in the place is clapping. There's like 20 people watching this. It pulls it up. It starts mm-hmm. to move towards the hole oh. and drops it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the rig. Sobbing. Oh, 
solving. I'm about to put my fist through the window of this thing. <laughs> I'm screaming, this is a con! This is a con! <laughs> my family, you got to do it, Jamie. They make me do it again. Again, we line it up, we pick it up, three tries at it. Each time, picks it up, moves like two inches and drops yeah. it. And I'm like, I am infuriated. <laughs> She's sobbing, I, I, inconsolable. They just buy her a really nice stuffed animal from like oh. the aquarium. She doesn't want it. No, she doesn't she want anything else. One. She wants that one <laughs> in the piece of, I'm gonna kill somebody. I am really about to lose my mind. I'm exploding. We finally strap her into the car. She's screaming. We're driving back. On the way back to the house, we hear an ad for the arcade. It's called Jenkinson's. I don't know if you know. It's like, Jenkinson's Arcade! Down at the Jersey Shore. And their slogan is, putting smiles on kids' faces for 90 years. And I look in the back in the rearview mirror, and my kid is like, sobbing uncontrollably in the chair. I'm like, no. No, you're making kids cry for about 90 years, jackass. You got to stop what you're doing. So, yeah, we have, oh, have horrible. I have kids. I have horrible days. Horrible days. I have horrible days because I have kids. That's nice, Jamie. That's very nice. I had great days until the kids. I mean, listen, we have good days with kids. But let's face it. They're like, uh, you know, the tendrils of your own emotion. And they are pain. It's, pain. it's painful. It's painful. I had a, I, out of the 14 days, we were so cramped in the house. Out of the 14 days... There were only two days I slept alone in a bed. I had an eight-year-old kicking me all night. I was, like, exhausted after two weeks. Uh-huh. No. That's parenthood, right? Yes, well, Jamie, I will tell you, on this show, we have uh, Melissa and, and Ralph, and Melissa is, is married to our son, Andy. Our daughter, Alex, is here. My lovely wife, Catherine, is here. So the entire family's here. It does get better, Jamie. Oh, and Andy and Melissa are having a baby yes. in November. In so November, yeah. you're welcome. On what you, you know, expect. What? <laughs> <laughs> what you expect. No, you know what's coming from Jamie Kaler. That's the good. That's the you're going to hear homeschool. You're going to hear about how Claire had spiders in her bed. You're going to hear. You're going to hear a lot of stuff. You're going to hear an appendectomy story. My wife's social media addiction. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Ooh, a social media addiction. I want to hear about that. Boy, I stay. I stay as far away from that stuff as I can get. Believe yeah. me. Oh God. We should. It's killing us all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I do. You know, I'm in my. 50s and I have two little kids and uh, that's like a big run of the album because and I knew I was too old to have kids because one day I was watching uh, Lethal Weapon and Danny Glover's character Sergeant Murtaugh he is retiring from his lifelong career and he keeps saying I'm too old for this blank right and uh, I'm six years older than him Just so we are on. And here's how I know I'm too old to have kids because the other night I was watching Lethal Weapon. See, there. Yeah. Oh. It's from 1986. It's a really old movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I think I may have waited a little too long in life to have, to I have don't kids. Think, I well, think you're mature enough now, now to handle it. Yeah, that's true. It, that's the problem. Anyway. It is too late now, pal. That's, what the, did, is, my wife, is my wife in the studio? Yeah, your wife, my wife, they're all here, Jamie. They're all here. Nah, they were, it was fun. Though. We, you know, we did the beach. We, we did New York City. I took, I took my daughter to MoMA. We took her to the mm-hmm. Metropolitan, uh, the History Museum from Night of the Museum. Mm-hmm. That, that museum. Sure, sure. Um, walked around, you know, it was only 100 degrees and 100% humidity, and uh, she made it two blocks, and then I carried her for the rest of the day. Of course you actually, did. Uh, but I got a great workout. And then we bought uh, we bought $12 ice creams in Central Park next to a homeless man, and uh, she saw rats. There were tons of rats in Central Park, and she's like, oh, and she started chasing to catch the rats. I go, don't, don't touch the rats. What are you doing? Don't touch, don't touch the rats in Central Park. 
Yeah, does she know about bubonic plague? Yeah. Probably a good idea to yeah. stay away from those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, by the way, it's uh, somebody, they found it again, right? You yep. guys know. Yep. Recently. They found it in a chipmunk or something or other, didn't they? Oh, God, that's all we need. What next? <clears throat> no, this is going to What next? <laughs> every day, don't you wake up and go, what next? That's <laughs> for real. Everyday slogan. <laughs> what next? Yeah, who knows? Just like the idea of opening the newspaper. Bubonic plague back. Ah. Uh, Again? Again. <laughs> it all works out in the end. And even with the bu- if the bubonic plague came, half the country would be like, yeah, it's about time we had that back. And half the other country would be like, what? We don't want that thing. Like, whatever it is. <laughs> we're true. 50-50 split on whether we like it or not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Sometimes I'll talk wonderful. to people and they'll go, well, how do you feel first so I can decide how I feel yeah. about this event? <laughs> I feel whatever the opposite is that yeah. you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like we needed an argument right here, and I was wondering how you felt about that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get serious here, but for about 10 seconds, is it going to affect television comedy, this whole cancel culture thing? Because you can't say anything anymore. We just talked about it. So I'm supposed I'm this yeah, I'm this lascivious, like sleazebag character in this movie, you know. And so yesterday I'm doing the script and then he goes, you know, take one for yourself and just improvise. And so when we're improvising, all of a sudden I went I went a little blue, you know, I'm on a big already movie and I said some words I probably shouldn't have said. And uh, and as soon as I those words came out of my head that I would have never thought twice about it. But in the back of my head, I was like, oh, somebody filming this. Is this going to be in a three-minute clip that cancels me? Right. I don't want to get canceled. I'm, I'm acting. I'm in a character. But nowadays, you can't, you know, you can't play anything. Like, I don't know. I think it's going to swing back. I think Rogan and those guys, and they're speaking out so much about cancel culture. It's really getting, it's just ridiculous, man. Can we all just laugh at ourselves? It's crazy. Nobody can take a joke anymore. No, it's true. You're absolutely right. I'm a victim. I'm so hurt by what you said. It's like, come on, really? I know. I know. So, Jamie, I just took a poll uh, in the uh, in the studio, and all six of us agree that you should probably come back, like, every day and do the show. <laughs> Dude, I'm moving there. That's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move there. New life. After we 33 take, minutes. We take you. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie Gale. Heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I still, I got to reach out to Acme. If you know people at Acme, make a call. I'll come out there, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get it on, man. We do. I, well, actually, we do know them very, very well, and anytime you want to come, let me know. You're in. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you guys are awesome. I and it was funny. They called. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Because I actually I was shooting all morning, and they have. A, I'm in like one of the green rooms on set, like locked in. And I go, "No, no, I'm in. I'll be there." Oh, screw Paul Anka. I'm coming. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you got a big week coming up. Uh, Tacoma FD premiere September 16th. Of course, Captain Polanski. Aftermath is already the number two movie on Netflix. You got Breast Cancer Bucket List coming in September. You're currently uh, shooting Stealing Jokes, but on September 17th, Homeschool comes out. September's a huge month for you, pal. I know. I know it's my birthday week, too, man. Oh. I'm going to be a, I'm gonna be 84 years old. 84. <laughs> you and Paul Anka. It'll be unbelievable. You've aged well. You've aged Yeah, it's kind of nice. That's why I want, you know, it's, you know. Can't we all get along? Let's get this thing behind us and let's just move on and get back to the business of having fun in life, right? Yes. We look forward to seeing you in town, Jamie, and thank you so much. Love the show. Love love your work anyway, man. It's great talking. You guys rock. I'll see you soon, and thank you so much for having me on. I love it. It's our great pleasure, sir. Thanks. Jamie Kaler, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back in a couple minutes. 
I'm here and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Priority Courier Experts does not have the largest inventory of lease-to-own trucks anymore. Hold on now. Anymore. All right, fill me in. Pat, who in town buys brand new trucks and immediately puts those rigs into the most honest and ethical lease-to-own program? Priority, that's who. But you said they don't have the largest inventory. Let me spell it out for you. First, Priority orders the finest spec of Kenworth and Freightliner trucks. These rigs cost anywhere between $135,000 to $215,000. That's more than my house. I hope things get better for you, man. Next, a qualified driver sits down with one of Priority's onboarding specialists, reviews the lease-to-own program, and earning potential of partnering with one of the world's largest same-day delivery companies. And shazam! Another partnership is formed, and that driver is on their way to owning that rig in five years or less. That sounds simple. It is that simple. That's why Priority doesn't have the largest inventory of new trucks anymore, because these rigs roll off the lot almost as soon as they arrive. (coughs) Calling all drivers. Take charge of your driving career today. Visit Priority.com or call Robbie, Nick, Chad, or Mike, 651-748-4465, and they'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Yeah, well, I was like that every time you call us tagline. Yeah, I remember when Steve pulled every truck off the road to hang that tagline on the sides. Hey, Pat, your finger's still on the record button? About it. We love it. Oh, my gosh. I, I cannot you. handle this. What? School supplies <laughs> list for a kindergartner. I'm, like, cool. blown away at how much crap. Well, I don't remember when we were uh, in grade school. It's like pencil, pencil box, notepad. No trapper keepers! No trapper keepers. <laughs> What's a trapper? I don't know. Still to this day, I don't know what a trapper keeper is, but bold. You hate them. It was a kind of type. Uh, no folder, trapper keepers. I think. Uh, every single page. Tra- no trapper keepers. Trapper keeper <laughs> was... was like a binder. A binder, but it was like padded and it had all these pockets in if it. You had a trapper yeah. keeper. A trapper your teacher keeper. would hate your guts. It was like, have you ever seen you, <laughs> you know those like, the CD year. cases that I have, like uh, that I put all my yeah. old games in? It's like that, but for but paper for, instead of CDs. Yeah, oh. I don't it's know. A, in elementary school, trapper keepers were the devil. I totally well, had a trapper okay, no, keeper. The double spawn. The difference trapper between keepers. Sage's school supply list and Fawn's well, is hilarious. Well, Why does he even have a school? Yeah. Well, because he needs he's to bring preschool. He needs to bring a box of Kleenex for the classroom. Yeah. A box of Band-Aids for the classroom. Mm. Uh, napkins for the classroom. Like, everything's for everyone. What, is he the quartermaster of his preschool? <laughs> and he, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, everything's like 
to share with everyone for the full yeah. year. Because, you know, in a preschool classroom, you go through yeah, a box of tissues a day. Yeah, for some reason, our school districts cannot give people, uh, can, can't get, give the schools tissues and probably not legally allowed to. Something, I don't know. It's insane. And then he needs to bring for himself a water bottle. Mm, yep. That's it. Well, yeah, because you can't oh, write, you can't like, read. He already has that. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to use with a pencil when you're I'm three years not old? Not crayons. He didn't have to bring his own crayons. Have, no, there's no crayons. There's no glue. Like for fun, we had to bring like a glue stick. When I was a kid, I had to do my own crayons and my yeah, own glue and, and stuff. All that stuff. Had, yeah. But I think she had a lot of stuff to buy for school. I think Fawn's class has a lot over from leftover from last year, and she, mm-hmm. so she's like, you don't need to bring. Like we just went to his orientation yesterday, and. Didn't say anything about it. Anyway. I don't remember having to bring much for preschool. No. No. preschool but like no. kindergarten, I had to have all my yeah, own stuff. Yeah, kindergarten, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Get your own stuff. crayons, markers, pencils, erase markers, whiteboard eraser, pencil eraser, scissors. Why don't they just take this list, they order it wholesale, put them into little bundles. Exactly. Things. That's here's, what I would do. Here, well, there here, is drop, here's your $20 bill. Yeah. Here's all the stuff that you want. What, it's what, not what $20. Is this? It's 60 apparently, because a lot of schools do this thing where it's, yeah, it's like a wholesale site where you, they send you the link, and then you just click on what classroom your mm-hmm. kid's in, and then it just Oh, orders so. everything and then it ships in a box to their classroom and it's just on their desk on the first day. That makes sense. Which That's is really like nice. But it's so like, much smarter. It's so smart, but it's like sixty dollars apparently. Sure. For you think you can do better doing this running around all yourself? No, it's definitely not. Everything. No, it's definitely not. But her school doesn't offer that. Oh, oh. so oh, far anyway. Maybe they do for first through eighth. It was eighth, just a trip to Target and got everything That's there. That's what we're doing. Went. I remember. Well, and I just sent school shopping every year. I sent the schools Target. It always had lists of everything that the district wanted them to have. Yeah, well, so I just got the you didn't list. Have to wait. So, I so got the list. What we pay, some, everybody wants more <clears throat> money going into education, and we get we keep putting more money in education, more money. Why are we buying stuff? This is another tax. That is true. Why, why are we Why are we buying this well, stuff? Well, right. apparently the You're teachers right. the teachers put a lot of money in. For yeah. their classroom supplies as well. Teachers yeah. spend oh, yeah, a lot of the money. The district doesn't supply. They spend tons of money. Even though per student spending has gone up pretty much every year in the past century, it's, and it's one it's of the highest admin. in the world, actually. People think that America doesn't fund our schools, but we're like number three in the world for per student spending. Oh, well, I know, but, but that's we what have, we do in America. And we have to buy. Yep, and we pencils can't afford pencils. For this. Can't afford mm-hmm. pencils. We can't afford a, a box. I know. Well, she doesn't. Uh, she's not going to. A, she's not even going to a public school. She's going to a private school. Makes you wonder where all the money's that makes, going. Well, that makes more sense then. Yeah, it's called yeah. administration. Right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it might be called that. Yeah. Well, private schools aren't funded by by the state. Yeah, no, so no, it makes, so no, makes no, no sense. Yeah. Increase the tuition, tuition and buy the supplies. Yeah. Let's move on. Exactly. That's what I said. I this was is like, a bunch of, this is BS. Right. I, know. I was like, can we just put it in the tuition and just have it there, ready? Well, it's like one of my favorite government inefficiencies is the fact that you have to put a stamp on envelopes in order to send things to the government. Why doesn't <laughs> the government just put the postage on the envelope, and that way they don't have to ship stamps out, you buy the stamp, you put it on, you ship it back to them. Yeah, It's, it's a very simple little thing that would probably save hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. We don't want that. But it's just not something that anyone thinks about in government because they're too yeah. busy worrying about dumb crap. Yeah, anytime you get a bill or, like, something you have to send back to the IRS or yeah, any of that, you have to postage it. 
Yeah. So every stamp, I mean, how many people in the United States, you know, send something to the IRS every year? It's got to be like 200 million people. Well, it's you can file electronically stamps. most of the time. Well, uh, I mean, but like it updating depends. your information. I mean, some things they won't let you do electronically. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they don't let you do online. I just like to call them and go, "Why don't you leave me alone?" And then just hang up. <laughs> yeah, they won't do that. Believe me, <laughs> it ain't well, gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, what I love is, is give us all your social security information, oh, yeah. everything, oh, yeah. and send it through the mail. Oh, yeah. okay. I feel yeah. so secure. Dan has to get a new ID because his ID expires on his birthday. Yeah, we're going to have to do that, too. Which is September 4th. Yeah. And so it's the whole real ID thing. But yep. and he oh, just like, be prepared. He tried to go. No, he tried <laughs> go to, to go. Go to where we went. That place no, was great. I, I'm telling a story. <laughs> um, oh, well, pardon me. Well, then, oh. He went Snap. to the place that we always go for everything, and they were like, oh, we're only taking appointments. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And so Everywhere he is only had to still go oh, home God. and make an appointment, and he has to go, and he's like, he's flying five days after his birthday, so he's like, the I need real, to get this sorted out. The real ID No, but his ID t- will be expired. Oh. It expires mm. on his birthday, and they But they'll give him a temp, they'll give him a temp He gets a temp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'll give him a piece of paper that's basically yes. an ID. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, I'd just like to get this sorted through before. Well, they, told, yeah. they told me at the real ID place I brought, what, we had, you had to have a birth certificate, yep. a passport. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, yeah, like everything, you would things. think that you were getting security clearance for the government, yeah. like big you were time. being put in prison. Well, Dan is, like, and yeah. uh, they told me that my passport, since it was stolen many years ago, even though I had it replaced with another passport with another number, because I had one stolen that... I, it wasn't going to work. What? And I'm like, how so, do I get an ID? Uh, I would have had to get, you I don't know, remember. There's something passport? else I could get. I don't remember what it was. And all of a sudden, in the mail, there came my real oh, ID. Oh, that's right. I remember oh. that. You got it anyway. After oh. telling me that it failed, I got a letter saying it failed. You're not going to get one. You're okay. going to have to reapply and bring right. in, you know, 45 right. different pieces of ID rather than two or oh, three. We yeah. have a government stooge on the phone. Well, and, we gotta, uh, we gotta take a break. and all of a sudden I got oh, it in do? the mail. So yeah, they can call don't right ask at the beginning me. of the next break. A couple uh, of minutes. Hopefully. Can you call back at the next break? We'll have Kristen on, but you can uh, we can squeeze you in, Dave. Sounds good. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, we only got 30 seconds, so let me. And by the way, this I don't mean this in a derogatory manner. I just want to make it very clear. But uh, Barbara Streisand's making a comment about A Star is Born that she shot, she thought, well, it was just like the same as the movie we made in 1976, so why did they bother to make it? They show a picture of Barbara Streisand, and again, this is not an insult. It Babs. just is true. Babs. Babs, you know who she looks just like now? And I'm not, I, again, this is not derogatory in any way. She looks just like. Well, I wonder if I can find out by looking at her. <laughs> Probably not. Nah, I, I don't think so. You ready? It looks exactly like Harpo Mark. <laughs> I'm not, and that's I'm not derogatory. I'm not insulting her. She does. She looks just like a Harpo. Harpo is a handsome man. Exactly. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with part two.